Welcome, adventurers. Is the mysterious figure at the southern gate friend or foe? Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon Tylee stood on the rampart above the southern gate, staring down at the figure atop the white horse. The horse and rider had advanced to the midpoint of the bridge over the moat, illuminated by the light put off by the four braziers at the bridge's corners. Where he had been slouched to begin with, as soon as Tylee had hailed him from atop the wall, the man had sat up straight-backed and thrown back the raggedy hood of the cloak. Glistening blonde hair and a neat ponytail, brilliant white teeth that shined in the firelight, and a pale face covered in burn scars stared back up at him in silence, having made no response to Tylee's challenge as of yet. Tylee and Father Ool had been at the chapel's doors, just about to enter, as the sister, bearing the message of the stranger's appearance at the front gate, reached them. Ool, ever calm and patient, had a tone that almost betrayed a hint of irritation while directing the messenger that it was late and that Sister Tomvera was more than capable of determining the stranger's intent. Grandfather Tai Lee or themselves needn't be bothered until Sol rose, and may the light bless you, child. The sister flushed but stood tall and said it was Tomvera herself who sent the message, and that the stranger had inquired as to the disposition of Brother Frayne. Any sign of exhaustion fled from Tylee, and Ool's eyes widened in disbelief. From the chapel, they had made their way directly to the southern gate, sending the messenger on with another task. Other than the scars, the man who sat atop the horse matched the description the villager had given them of Mordecai. An odd oversight but all things considered, it seemed too much of a coincidence. And then the writer spoke, removing all doubt. So happy to see you both, Guardian Tylee, Father Ool, he said, nodding to both. It was hard to tell from this distance whether it was the scarring or not, but the face seemed to hold a permanent sneer. Quite a lovely home you have here he continued with a vague wave at the citadel. I find it a shame that I must come to call under such disappointing circumstances. A pause for a response. I ask again, Tylee responded. Please identify yourself and your business with the Order of Soul. The man's face wrinkled as if smelling something unpleasant, and then as if to himself. So insulting not to be recognized. Before raising his voice to the wall again. I am, as you must have deduced, Mordecai. Mordecai Ishmael Dagon, paramour of the night. His tone indicated he was impressed, and they should be as well. And if you, Grand Guardian, oversee this little toy castle, you must be someone of slightly more than average intelligence. It does bore me to have to repeat myself. I 
As I have already told your underlings, I'm here to discuss your surrendering of the individual Frayne de Leon. Mordecai's confidence was almost comical. He sat, a single figure, addressing a fortified town which housed over 350 fully trained sworn brothers and sisters and another 300 acolytes, as if he held the high ground. Tylee didn't like it. Further, the request confused him. If he assumed Frayne was here, it meant Mordecai believed he yet lived. An unchecked surge of hope. Baby Sarkeesian lived as well. He stuffed the thought back down. He looked to Ool, who stood at his shoulder. He could see the same unease in the father's eyes. Ool shrugged. Tylee looked back down to Mordecai. I perceive that you think yourself quite clever, but I can see no reason you would be foolhardy enough to think we would just turn over a sworn brother to you. A cold smile appeared on Mordecai's face. Surely not. And then, with a gesture, out of the shadows rode ten figures. All wore dark, tattered cloaks of the same make as Mordecai. It was hard to tell as they stopped just at the edge of the firelight, but the riders appeared stiff in the saddle. One of the riders had a banner pole set in his stirrup. From the top of the pole, a banner hung limply but even in the firelight it could be seen clear enough. It was light blue, and near the center, the indication of a golden yellow, a yellow that Tylee knew would be the depiction of a brilliant sun. The banner was known as Soul's Light, and it always traveled with the Grand Elders on journeys outside the Citadel. Most recently, it had left with Grandmother Sarkeesian. Father Ool reached out, taking a hold of his upper arm. Tylee leaned forward, grasping the stone parapet wall, straining to see more detail. Let me see a face, he demanded. Mordecai let out an exasperated sigh. You just acknowledged I am clever, but in your next breath you are treating me as if I am stupid. I have shown you part of my hand, now it is your turn. Show me you have Frain. Tylee growled. Below and just inside the gate, the regimented tattoo of boots on cobblestones could be heard. The reinforcing unit he had sent the messenger to retrieve had arrived. Twenty sisters and brothers would be taking up position behind the closed gate at any moment. Tylee stood. You have shown me nothing. You might just as well have strapped ten scarecrows to horses and covered them in cloaks. And all in the Barata province have seen Soul's light flying proudly. It takes but some bits of fabric and needle to copy. No, I ask you again. Why would we turn over a sworn brother to you? Mordecai threw off the dirty cloak, revealing a brilliant red silk coat, embroidered in exquisite detail. He stood in his stirrups, anger flaring. My patience wears thin. Bring me Frayne. Staring down, Tylee responded in a cold voice. No, I think not. Give us good cause, or leave these walls. Even as we speak, seventy horsemen make ready to give pursuit. Consider this fair warning, which is more than your black and murdering heart deserves. Flee, Mordecai. Soul's light comes and will snuff out your darkness. Mordecai sat again in the saddle, reining the horse in a circle, 
anger apparently gone as quickly as it had come, and then, almost as if in pity, Mortal fool, I will show you something indeed. He held up a hand, and the ten horses rode forward. Another gesture, and the cloaks were thrown aside. Atop each horse sat a brother or sister of the order. None living. Sisters Damel, Serethi, Arafin, Ashen Grey in death. Brother Dowd was there as well. And there, near the back, Brother Vendroma, Tylee's heart sank. No patrols would be returning. Even as he thought this, the bodies, like macabre marionettes, began to wiggle and rose limply, and then were cast over the edge of the bridge into the moat below. Tylee felt each splash in his stomach. Behind each of the fallen sisters and brothers sat previously hidden figures. The skin of these were also pale and gray. Unlike those cast aside, these wore tattered clothes, men and women. At least that is what they once were. In each face, two eyes. Eyes that glowed the orangish red of embers. Watching in horror, Tylee's gaze fell back upon Mordecai, who had stopped his horse again, facing the citadel. Mordecai stared calmly back, waiting patiently to have regained his attention. For one of faith, you must be shown much to have belief. Mordecai raised his hands and snapped his fingers. From the darkness they appeared. More sets of glowing eyes. One set. Two. Ten sets. Twenty. Thirty. More. I believe this all started because you wished to know the disposition of Daggermount. More eyes appeared. In the firelight, gray human bodies crowded onto the bridge behind Mordecai. Fingers came to unnaturally long points. White fangs gleamed in the light. Well, wonder no longer. I give you the citizens of Daggermount. The figures came on, pushing around Mordecai. His horse danced nervously amongst the mass. Then two things happened simultaneously. Tylee turned to Father Ool. Sound the alarm. Raise the order. At the very moment, Mardikal called out. Sister Tom Vera, you may open the gate now. A chill went through Tylee as he heard the metallic clatter of chains from below and the rattle of the gate falling. Go forth, my children, and feed. No need for mercy. The mass of bodies surged into a run. Tylee caught Mordecai's attention one more time as he called out over the clamor. It would have been so much easier to have just given me Frain. Now it is the light that will be snuffed out tonight. Tylee turned. Ool was yelling, Two arms! Two arms! Before looking back to him. Grand Guardian, we must get you off the wall into safety immediately. The first clashes of weapons sounded below. The first cries of death. What followed was written about in many history books. 
historians still pondered and debated the reasoning and reckoning of the event. Did the formation of the Order of Soul and its mission to seek out and destroy evil invite upon it its own demise? Or was it an unfortunate event that could have been prevented with larger numbers or greater cooperation and support from the surrounding cities? For those that were there, the reasons did not matter. For those that were there, it was a nightmare come to life. Sister Tom Vera, having been dominated by Mordecai upon their first meeting on the bridge, lowered the gate upon his command, allowing for the southern gate to fall in seconds. A hundred or more vampire spawns surged through, tearing the unprepared reserve unit to shreds. Once inside the walls, the order had little chance. Caught off guard, an alarm was not sounded for nearly two bars leaving everything to the attack on the southern gate may have succeeded on its own. But Mordecai believed in being thorough. At each of the other gates, west, north, and east, groups of vampires swarmed up and over the walls. Amongst Mordecai's spawn, alongside the tattered clothes of villagers, could be seen the occasional dark green robe, robes worn by the dun tat. All of the gates were lost in a matter of moments. The citadel echoed with the screams of death. With no warning, many died in their beds or in a muddled confusion in the streets. Tylee, Ool, and a bodyguard of fifteen had made their way east along the ramparts, continuing down to street level a half mile from the southern gate. Upon reaching the streets, Tylee turned to Ool. The citadel has fallen. You must make your way to the stables. Gather the seventy that were armed for pursuit. Find them and flee. To Jomato, tell the duodecim what has happened here. Grand Guardian, we must stand. We must fight. Ool quickly retorted. A shriek cut the plea short. Less than two streets away. Tylee grasped both of Ool's shoulders, looking into their eyes. Ool, my friend, the dark foreboding, it is upon us. The Order of Soul faces its end this night. A pause to let the word sink in. I, the Grand Guardian of the Council of Elders, order you to find those soldiers and escape. As he spoke, he took off the sun medallion he wore around his neck, pressing it into their hands. Tears flowed silently down Ool's cheeks. You are our last hope. If you do not escape, then it was all for naught. Mordukal will hunt down our sisters and brothers in the field. They will die having no warning or knowledge of what comes for them. You are our hope now. Ool stood unmoving. Tylee turned to the guard, ordered Ten to make sure the father made it to the stables. They barked their understanding. More screams. Tylee took the remaining five guards, looking to Ool for one last time. It was an honor to know you. Go Ryan's blessing on you, child of soul. And then he turned and fled into the city. The alarm was finally rung as Tylee and the remaining two guards made the base of the central spire. They had lost three of their number between here and the wall. They had felled twice as many, but Tylee and both survivors bore wounds. In the courtyard surrounding the spire, there was a group of about fifty brothers and sisters, as well as another twenty acolytes. 
Fires were now visible all around the city. Accompanying the screams of death and terror were the sounds of battle. The cacophony came from all directions. It was clear they were surrounded. Tylee looked upon those gathered. Darkness has come. Come to take our lives. But what our enemy does not know is we do not fear death. When we cast off these mortal coils, our spirits will burn bright still. Bright with soul's light. Some wept. Others nodded in grim-faced agreement. We will hold the spire until the last sister or brother has fallen. Take heart, my children. Gorion sees us, and by dawn's light we will all feast in his hall. He had led them into the spire and up to the tenth floor. Only one staircase to this floor. They held that staircase at great cost to Mordecai's children. Swords and halberds swung, shields held. The blessed light of Gorion flashed out again and again, burning scores upon scores of the night walkers to dust. But in the end, some had crawled out the windows and up to the floor above. Pressed on both sides, the order fell, eviscerated by claws, torn by teeth. Tylee struggled to drag himself across his office floor. He bled heavily from a jagged wound at his neck, and his left leg was damaged to the point of being useless. Grunting and crawling, he made his way to the wall behind his desk. Reaching up, he grabbed the windowsill and pulled himself to stand. He threw the window open. Below him, the citadel burned. He stared. Other than the crackling sounds of fire, the citadel had fallen to an eerie silence. The door behind him opened. He did not turn, but stared south. There, out past the south wall, where the road that covered the half mile from the last road to the citadel would be, torchlights danced. Thirty or so. They were not stationary, but moved at the pace of a galloping horse. You don't know where Frayne is, do you? Came Mordecai's calm question. Tylee hopped to turn. Mordecai was finishing adjusting his ponytail, hands then moving to smooth the red silk coat on which many dark stains can now be seen. Of course I do, Tylee replied with an equal calm. He is cradled in Gorion's arms, protected from evil and abomination. He barely saw Mordecai move. In a blur of motion, the vampire came on, grabbing him one-handed by the throat and with unnatural strength shoving him bodily through the window. Mordecai's choking grasp was all that held Tai Li, who now dangled a hundred feet above the courtyard below. Mordecai sneered. Consider your next words carefully, guardian. Frayne de Elion. What can you tell me of him? Tylee raised his hands slowly before him, forming a circle, a sign of soul. Goriath's blessing on you, child. I forgive you. Keep your blessings, along with your infantile ignorance, Mordecai said in irritated derision. I have lived some eight hundred years, 
and it is no matter to me if I spend the next hundred hunting down and killing every last one of your infuriating order. Make no mistake, I will find Frayne and bend him to my will. And with that, he opened his hand. And so you have witnessed a historic event in the lands of Gloaming Keep. Next week is the mid-season break, but fear not, Tales from the Dungeon will be back Monday, July 27th, with an all-new episode. Man, history can be a bummer sometimes. Hey, it's uh, it's me again. I just wanted to say thanks so much. And I did want to point out, if you're listening on the public platforms on iTunes, uh, Podbean, Spotify, whatever, wherever you might be listening, uh, that these episodes are coming out up to two months after Patreon, patron releases. So the dates uh, mentioned at the end of that episode and, and the break mentioned... Uh, happened already a while ago and so these episodes are being released free to the public but it's after a period of time in which my patrons have had a time to enjoy them so if you wanted to be a patron and help support the show you can always go over to my patreon site www.patreon.com forward slash speaking stone studio check it out and become a supporter that would really just make my day uh, if not just continue to listen and tell some friends and likes, thumbs up, reviews also help if you're unable to support and which I totally understand. So that's that. Anything, everything you do, listen, like, follow, whatever. I am so very, very thankful for the opportunity just to keep getting to do what I'm doing here and tell a story. So all the best and carry on with your day.